You're listening to Word Bohemia Podcast with your host, Sharon Woodcock. The Word Bohemia Podcast is for online entrepreneurs and writers with a strong vision and mission through their work and their words. Each month, business coach and storyteller Sharon Woodcock shares insights and interviews with a messaging and story theme to inspire and help you to connect with your own. Hi and welcome to episode number three and today we have the amazing Celia Gaze. She's the managing director and founder of the multi-award winning wedding venue, The Wellbeing Farm. Hi Celia, it's so good to have you on this podcast today. Welcome. Oh, thank you Sharon, lovely to, lovely to be here. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to you today. I know you've been off traveling uh, to Bali um, <laughs> and Australia. Sounds- I know so exciting so I'm sure all of that is going to come through in the podcast today but I just want to um, begin by you know saying thank you for joining me on this podcast Um, you really inspired me and I want to share with everybody um, the wonderful vision and the mission that you have for your business so to start with, if you can tell our listeners what your business is all about. Right, okay. Um, so I have um, a farm-based wedding and events venue in the northwest of England. It's located around Bolton in Lancashire. Um, and it, it was originally a neglected, run-down farm. And I transformed this into what is now um, a multi-award-winning wedding venue. And we actually won um, wedding, um, wedding Venue of the Year for the Northwest. And, um, and, but our unique factor is our bow-tie-wearing llamas, which have really made us stand out uh, as something quite unique in the wedding world. <laughs> I just love that. I just... Im- it brought a really big smile to my face when I saw that. So different. Not yeah, not the normal thing you find in a wedding venue. <laughs> no, but it's so distinctive, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and it has massively worked for us. And yeah. I'll, I'll go into later why and how the llamas came about and what have they what they've done for this business. Yeah, I can't wait to hear. Mm-hmm. So, um, so tell me uh, why you decided to start your business what was your big why that continues to light up your world when it comes to running your business right okay well originally I was um, a a director in the National Health Service Mm -hmm. and um, I um, had just um, had a baby and I'd been called back by the NHS to do a big project for them and while I was in the NHS. I, um, my work style has always been very early morning working and very kind of driven. I have been always working long hours. I've always been very driven in my career and in everything I do. And so when I had uh, my, the, ch- the baby, Matthew, um, all of a sudden my style of working pre-baby was now very, very different to having a baby. And I'm sure lots of yourself and everyone appreciate and um uh, and so I actually started getting work-related stress while in the NHS and mm-hmm. uh something that I've never really experienced before and I um 
became obsessed with stress and became not only had to sort of have stress, but I had to start doing a qualification in stress and a qualification in organizational stress management. I could not understand what was this condition that one minute you were a kind of high functioning um, director and the next minute you were literally a, a, a quivering wreck is all I can describe yeah. it. And um, uh, and I decided at that point to just um, resign from my position, um, and I want I need to do something else. My partner had um, this farm, uh, very neglected, and I said, "Could I transform your farm into something?" Now at the time, I did not know what to do with the fa- the farm, so I started um, exploring 196 venues to get ideas. I literally went all over the country from sort of Scotland to Cornwall, all over, to try and get ideas. And I assembled this massive business plan, um, put some put some ideas together. Wellbeing at the time was a huge thing in the NHS. And I thought, why don't I just call it the Wellbeing Farm? And at the mm. time, it was originally supposed to be a venue that if you were stressed, it was somewhere for you to go. So it yeah. offered like um, courses. It was, a, it was like a cafe. It was... Um, um, different sort of um llama trekking the llamas were there for to be trekked and to walk around because apparently it's quite de-stressing to walk a llama (laughs) and and, and it was quite holistic type vision Um, and so that's really how it all came about so it wasn't a massive grand plan I had it was some you know quite difficult circumstances led me to to do something different with my life Oh gosh, I just love that. And it's just like a natural kind of unfolding of things one after the other. Oh, massively. And I think kind of when you hear the the story of kind of what happened and some of the challenges that we'll probably cover, um, it really became an unfolding story, really did, you know. But the the purpose that you had behind it was obviously... um, you know, from that initial, as you said, you know, the stress that you'd been under and the impact yeah. that that had had on your life was something that you wanted. I'm presuming that that was just something that you felt really passionate about helping other people to understand yeah. and, you know, overcome. Well, I, th- I think um, the stress is always like a bit of a taboo subject. And some people, you know, no- nobody really wants to admit when they're really stressed because they've got a feeling of how how it's going to look upon and how it's and I think at the time and when I had this stress it was kind of you're looking at 12 years ago and I think things and the well-being agenda and and it's not as kind of taboo as it used to be I think it's very open that it's okay to be stressed type thing whereas when 12 years ago it was a little bit frowned upon around if you were stressed well it means you can't cope what you know and 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 things like that is is what I personally felt I felt like a little bit of a failure that I, I hadn't been able to to do job and it was nothing to do um with my ability it was an impossible project that I was given as to save a significant amount of money in a very very short time scale and uh, within the NHS and I just just couldn't it just couldn't be done couldn't be done really yeah but I felt yeah. that you know in those circumstances but I think that you know I've always what decided from that to go and do something different and and it really was a catalyst at that point to change my life and to just think I'm I'm a big I really have a driving force for me is um you only get one life and don't 
waste it you know it's that mm. kind of my worst thing would be to be sort of lying on my deathbed and going with masses of regrets as to why didn't I do whatever why didn't I be this person do you know what I mean and yeah. I, I that is becoming like a driving philosophy for me a driving thing that makes me want to do all these different things mm. and and, and I and, and I mean I massively push that within this business within my team that we are constantly doing different things and we're constantly evolving and constantly changing and we become better and better and better at what we do because of this kind of I don't want this regret business mm. oh that's so strong and powerful isn't it to be like pushing you along and helping to direct the course of what you do so when yes. that on that note then, can you tell everybody what your big vision is that you have for your business? So what would you like to have accomplished within, say, the next five years? Well, I think um, I, I actually, having, you know, transformed this farm and got to this point where the business is is, is really growing in reputation and growing in kind of... Um, you know, just just the 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 name of what we're doing, the name of the wellbeing farm. Um, I'm not one who wants to start going and creating multiple wedding venues. I've got to be really honest, because originally I I kind of wanted to do that, but now it's such a fun place to work. We all love it, and we are and the business is being really successful. We love what we're doing, and I'm enjoying this. You know, the sort of um final um rewards of entrepreneurship by you know having just taken a four-week holiday with four weeks off emails and my team just ran the place and not only ran it have grown the business while I've been away and it's kind of why change something that is that is doing really really well so I think for me it's it's continuously involving the business to be as better as I can I certainly would want to be you know one of the top 10 best wedding venues in the country um in the UK but also um I, I have just written a book um it's called uh, why put a bow tie on a llama and uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah and um i i'd love to just um for myself um as you know as, keep the business keep keep maintaining it keep growing it and getting better and better and better but also for myself um now do something different with my life as well so obviously carry on running the business but also to become a speaker and to to just share how I've achieved this, how I've taken this rundown farm, transformed it, grown the business, and be in a position that as a business owner, I can take four weeks off and my business still grows without me. I think the fact that you want to go on to, you know, to do the speak work and to help inspire other people too, is that is part, obviously, of that larger vision, isn't it, that you yeah, have? Definitely. Yeah, Yes. And so it may not be, it's, it's a sort of personal vision for me as a business owner. It doesn't necessarily mean that the, 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 the farm as in the business needs to go with that. And I think that is where you reach um, your, 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 sorry, you get your business into position where it's comfortable, it's growing. It doesn't have to involve you as the owner. You don't have to be there, you know, nine to five, seven days a week, 
not 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 that well talking nine to five, eight o'clock till eight at eight nine ten o'clock at night. You know, you don't need to do that. And if you put everything in place and the right systems and processes in place, that business will then run, allowing you to do your own thing, allow you to do things that you really wanted to do when you originally set your business up. But sometimes running a business and setting up is, is flipping hard. It really is. And I've had a massive struggle. It's not been plain sailing at all. But I'm, hope, I'm now finally reaping the rewards of the hard work that I put in. But, um, you know, so, so that's where, the, where I'm sort of going to next. <laughs> yeah. And I think the fact that you can take a holiday such as the one that you have, you know, the one Spali in Australia, and to be able to disconnect in that way, and your business still continue and, as you said, grow in the process. Um, it just speaks volumes about what you can do. And you probably didn't think in that first year that you were going to get to that point very soon, oh, did you? Well, to be honest, I mean, the business has been going now. It's, it's uh, six, six years old, but yeah. obviously it took two years to transform the farm. So I've been working on this consistently for over eight years. And I can tell you now, in the first five years, I did not have a holiday, hardly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then even if you'd have told me a year ago, you're going to take four months off your business and not even look at your email for four months, I'd have probably laughed at you and said, there is a, it's a dream, <laughs> but it will never happen. And, um, and, and for me, um, one of the big changing points was... Um, an actual book I read, to be honest, called um, Traction by Gina Wickman. And um, the book is really quite simple, but it's all about um, getting your business and pro pro you know, putting processes and procedures in. So, your bit so for me, I used to be worried that if I was not there, would the business run as well as if I was there? Just, just yeah. sort of, could mm -hmm. other people do things to my standards? Mm -hmm. It's not like I had a distrust of my staff, but I have very high standards and I wanted to make sure that, you know, when, you, when you're running a wedding venue, it is the most important day of somebody's life. You can't mess it up. So yeah. everything has got to be absolutely perfect, uh, meticulously planned, organized, everything. And I always worried, would people do the same extent of planning and everything that I would have personally done? Mm. So... To be able to kind of um, offload all that, I sat in, in an, I mean, I, I, sat, I probably sat in about, I, I first of all, used to, when I first started, ran all the weddings myself, obviously, and mm -hmm. did everything. And then after a while, recruited staff and got them involved. And, um, and then um, I used to sit and observe, and I, sit, I probably observed 50 so weddings. And mm -hmm. I, I used to look at me and go, why is she sitting there, lazy thing, with a mm -hmm. clip? You know, clipboard and notes but all <laughs> I did is after every wedding go back to the team and go this was great but this could have got better this was great but actually why don't we try this and after a, a series of around so many weddings um, you find that you've got some really detailed notes on how to run a wedding so you yeah. write all that up and you've got your process you know, we now have over 200 processes in this business, you know, from everything from how to put the sauce in a sauce pot or mm -hmm. how to serve a cup of coffee. But the point is, I don't have to worry now because I know that these staff are following the processes and I know that everything will be run perfectly because they're following my original processes. 
I love that. That is that is just yeah, absolutely. That, that is the thing that stops you as a business owner worrying at kind of four o'clock in the morning, going, "Gosh, I wonder what's the thing, and I wonder if they're doing it right." And because they will be, because they're following your processes. Yeah, it's very very strange that you should say that because um, at the moment, I, that's what I'm trying to embed into my business. Right. And it takes time, doesn't it, to actually right. formulate the process and get the systems in place. Yeah. Or at all, you know, and actually think it through. But actually some of those bits are up and running and some of them are still in the process of being <laughs> of being um, completed. But it's going to make life so much easier. So I really respect yeah. that you've got the to where you will have, you know, to have 200 processes that are working in the background for you. So it means that whenever somebody comes on board, they just have they got a training pack or is it how does yeah, that have, work we have um, a sort of staff website with all the processes and some of the processes are handwritten some of them are, vi- are a video some of them are, are, are a detailed kind of flow chart some of them would be you know they're not just one type of thing and because yeah. we um obviously with hospitality and it's a young yeah you know, we have we employ a lot of young people so you've got to put things on facebook you've got to put things on different technology on we have a staff website but we also have written pre- processes hanging on a lot of the bars and things are kind of laminated um checklists you know so it goes from you know kind of electronic to physical basic stuff you know Mm. things and and we have notice boards in staff corridors with processes pinned on the wall and things like that you know and it's making it's making is the the key is really not to write these processes and then just shove them in a folder because that won't and it's also your role as a as the owner and the manager of the business becomes the um just making sure that your team are following the processes and you know if they're not because you know through customer service customer feedback you know through your um you know for example i only receive now i only really would need to look at one email a week and that email would be the scorecard that is i have put up in my business which tells me how many inquiries came in how many kind of um, people have visited the venue from that inquiry? How many conversions have we had into bookings? And how are the bookings going? And remember, for weddings, people book in advance. So how yeah. are they going 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022? And as long as that one scorecard shows change and growth in your business, then that's it. Mm-hmm. If not showing that that's when you as the business owner just needs to step back in and just kind of say come on guys what's going on but Mm -hmm. that's that's all you need that's the controls you need and as long as it's going in the right direction you then don't need to kind of interfere as much or or Mm. get involved as much and you can delegate and leave the team to get on with it and then I would know if the feedback from a wedding wasn't good because Mm. we get every single bride and groom to produce testimonial and some feedback after the wedding and you know you would know if they wouldn't want to give that if yeah if well. mm-hmm. definitely um so can you tell me uh when it comes to your obviously you've explained your business vision as well yeah um but when it comes to the mission the current business mission that you're working on yeah um for this year for example the one that kind of is going to help you to get to where you want to be what would you say that your current mission is we follow this um system of, of sort of 90 day working yeah where 
the, the overall vision. So I have the vision of turnover and I have a vision of how many weddings are going to be booked and how the, 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 you know, the growth and the reputation. And that top level vision, which is a kind of five year vision, is then mm. broken down into yearly chunks. Yeah. And then it's broken down into quarterly chunks. And every quarter we go, right, what are the projects and the things we need to do in this quarter, which will li- link back to that five-year goal? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And then every, every, um, uh, everyone is, is good. I have, um, I mean, I've not got a massive team, so don't think, oh my goodness, you must have hundreds of people to do this. I don't at all. Mm-hmm. There was literally a handful of people who, the core team who who drive the business work for me mm. and um and very much we just keep working to these 90 days uh you know 90 days around the reputation the marketing the growing the business and just keep going back to um the core mission and all this is as part of this kind of traction process which is in this book and yeah and uh, you know, so they call this kind of like um, it's quite some terms that they have, but it's kind of like um, a high-level um, meeting. So we have these traction meetings, and the whole team, <clears throat> and when I say the whole team, there's about five of us, kind of get in and mm. we work consistently every week to go. Where are we with these quarterly plans? Where are we with the overall plans? And then I have um, kind of quarterly meetings where we go right what's the next load of projects that we can do and the team love that because they don't come in and go this is my job and this is all I'm doing they get given a really good project for them to get the teeth into and develop as an individual as well yeah. and so the projects could be you know they could be working on things which are completely unrelated to their areas you know I, I went on holiday and left the design of a bridal house to the wedding coordinators I said go and pick the wallpaper go and pick everything design it for me when I come back it'll all be in place oh wow and they loved it they loved that yeah um, and doing these so I think it's it, you know the overall thing is to really make your business as fun as unique for people who really really want to work with you too mm, absolutely that sounds wonderful um, and obviously you, you've got a, a you're painting a picture of of all this I suppose um, control and um, a really clear vision of the future. But along the way, there must have been many challenges. You mentioned when you first started, you've not been able to take a holiday for five years, for example. Yeah. And in the first couple of years, you were actually doing up the the venue itself. Mm-hmm. So talk me through a few of those challenges that you've had, um, well, that you've actually come through the other side and you can actually say, well, you know, actually that had to happen for that to happen or... You know, that there's been a positive spin at the end of it. Yeah. Oh, massive. I mean, I, I am now somebody who completely embrace, embraces failure. Because if I hadn't failed, I would have never have transformed this business or transformed my life. Mm. And if I hadn't got that stress, I would have never, ever, I loved working in NHS. I would never have thought to heart start my own business. And um, I can categorically say that I feel I have been through every single challenge that a business owner could ever face. And honestly, if I've started reading them, I mean, I have been through near bankruptcy. In December 2015, I literally could not pay the VAT bill. 
I was in deep, deep trouble and I was about to lose my, and remember it was not only my business, but it would be my partner's farm. It would be houses that were linked to the farm. It, you know, honestly, that was in December 15. And a year later, I turned the business around. And here I am, you know, less than three years later in, in mm-hmm. a totally different place. Um, I have faced numerous staff issues from tribunals to court appearances to all sorts of issues to do with staff. I've been in tribunals for business rates and fought massive battles over business rates and kind of come out the other side. Um, Problems with web designers. Um, Oh, my goodness. I could go on and on. Uh, The podcast will be another hour describing some of the uh. things. Every single thing I learned from, every single time a member of staff I mean, we have a great culture, but every time a member of staff leaves, I get better and better and better. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because you learn from that and you 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 change, and um, and it's about embracing the lessons. You know, looking at what happened, learning from it, and just making sure you don't do it again. I I am one, unfortunately, who's had to wear the t-shirt fail, but my goodness, it's made me a better business owner for it. And if I had not gone through that bankruptcy, um, near bankruptcy, you should say, um, time in this business, I would never have been as financially astute as I am now. It Mm. taught me so much. I almost feel that every business owner needs to go through that Mm. to just really appreciate the things you have to spot, how you look for a good accountant, the processes that you have to put in place, the kind of um, scoreboards that how you monitor your business and, and how it's growing, all these things I never knew about until I'd gone through that. Mm. And what would you say was the, the real turning point that got you from that bankruptcy stage to, you know, to actually be in the float and really forward thinking again? Yeah, so the, so well, the turning point is up to the point where I was up to December 15. I, um, I've always been very enthusiastic and um, I've always been somebody like, so I had this farm with, with kind of, you know, I had to spend a lot of money to develop the farm to, to get it open and then all the rest of it. When I was building the farm, the building costs overran by quite a significant amount, about £42,000. And I... Um, And so I started off on a a bad footing financially. And then in a desperate state to survive, I had this cafe to get income in and I would just go and people would come along and go, why don't you do this? And I'd go, oh yes, that'd be great. Yeah, I'll try that. Why don't you try this? Yeah, I'll go and try that. I'll do different things. And I ended up doing 14 things from the farm. It was a nightmare. Literally from school visits to wedding, we hadn't really done school visits to corporate events, to cookery classes, to a cafe, to um, honestly, 14 (laughs) different things. It was crazy i was literally like a headless chicken i was I all yeah the stress i had in the nhs was nothing compared to the stress i was facing as a oh business. my gosh it was absolutely horrendous period of my time of my life and in december 15 i had been paying the vat bills on credit cards and i rang up the vat office 
and I was literally managing the whole business on credit cards. You know, they, you know, I was, they thought I was a director in the NHS, had a good credit limit status. So the, these cards kept coming along going, oh, your credit limit's now increased to this and this and this and this. And I was running a business on these credit cards. And um, the, when I rang up the VAT office, she said, we will not accept a credit card. And I honestly thought, what on earth? And I'm not, if it hadn't been for that VAT office, woman saying that I absolutely don't think I would have ever have changed and that sickening feeling when you suddenly realize that you cannot afford the bills you can't and there's nothing worse and um and I had to get something and it was in I was in such a state that the only thing I could do is to write a plan down and literally give the plan in writing to my partner, Stephen, and my mum, actually, and I had a mentor as well. And I literally just said, look, this is the state I'm in. And I just put it all down on paper. I didn't, I was too, every time I tried to say it, I'd just burst into tears. So I thought, I'm just going to have to put it all down in, in writing. And, um, and I said, this is the state I'm in, but I have a plan to do it but it's going to mean I dramatically change. I have to close the cafe. I have to stop all these things and I have to focus on, uh, we, you know, we seem to be getting quite a lot of inquiries for weddings and I feel that I could make this, this venue into a wedding venue, but actually I'm, I'm going to need you to help me bail me out on this, that bill. And also, I'm going to have to need a bit more to transform what was um, a kind of um, a horse arena into a wedding venue. Wow. And my family, who kind of, you know, when you think about what the sacrifices they made and they'd already, you know, it was losing money and losing money and losing money. They could have turned around to me and say, well, look, you know, this is getting beyond ridiculous. But I think it was the final thing. And I think the fact that the letter just spelt it all out to them. And, and I was so lucky that they just said, okay, well, one last final chance. And, um, and to get to the embarrassment of you having to ask your 70-year-old mother for money was almost like one of the lowest points. And from that point on, I vowed I would never get in that position again. Mm -hmm. And I have done everything to, to change and grow the business from that point from December 15. Wow, that is that is just so amazing how you've you've actually just turned everything around and it sounds like you've got a, a really buoyant business now. Well, I think you know you literally you go from rock bottom and you like you're in despair and it's like what on earth are you going to do and you've given up your career and you're now doing this business and and you know people are, are kind of going to you and saying look why don't you just go back to the NHS? You've had a go at it. Why don't you just go back? And but you just feel in you that it is going to work. You yeah. can't grasp what you have to do to make it work. And mm -hmm. the turning point for, for this business was my my um, my dad had been um, a concert pianist, and um, he had um, left the family, and um, he left this. And my mum was clearing his things and he she found came across this bag of bow ties and she was like and of all the things he's left what on earth am I supposed to do with these things and I as a joke literally as a joke said oh give them to me I'll just stick them on the llama <laughs> and 
I gave them to the person who helps me look after the llamas. I said, just stick these on the llamas and just see what happens. And, uh, and from the moment I put the bow tie on the llama, everybody wanted to know about the well-being farm and the bow tie wearing llamas. It was incredible. That is it just amazing. <laughs> we went from a venue that kind of was just a venue to yeah. the venue with the bow tie wearing llamas, the venue that stood out, the venue that was different, the venue that was unique. Um, and it was that turning point of putting the bow tie on the llama, which just completely transformed the business, literally. And we went from, you know, two weddings in 2015 to 15 weddings in 2016 to 43 weddings, <gasps> to 16 wow. odd weddings. And we're now on track for about 80 weddings. You know, oh, and it word. and grew and grew, and it was because of the, and it wasn't just that. I mean, obviously, you can't put all this on just the boat and the lamp. <laughs> but it's almost like you know, people talk about a tipping point, and for me, the tipping point was the putting the bow tie on the llama, which is why I called the book mm. "Why I Put the Bow Tie on the Llama." And um, and for me, it was just that 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 kind of moment when suddenly you realise that you think things are then going to be all right. Yeah. And so just tell me, I'm really curious, how many llamas do you actually have? Oh, so we have uh, four llamas and we have two alpacas and two donkeys because we, yeah, the, the alpacas also wear bow ties and the donkeys wear flat caps. <laughs> um, but it was, the point was llamas. And I think also when I got this, llamas were not really heard about, you know, eight years ago, people didn't really appreciate llamas. Llamas were these things that spat and kind of in things <laughs> or farms and they were a bit like, you know. And then with it with a, the, I mean, it's got llama mad if we go and shop there's llamas everywhere yeah. Fortnite, Fortnite has llamas and, and it's just the llama has just gone so popular and I was just so lucky to ride the the, the popularity of llamas but the fact that my llamas have bow ties is just <laughs> it was just sheer luck that that this should happen yeah, and so do they feature in the weddings? And I'm, I'm assuming that they do. Yes, yes. So what happens is they they obviously put the bow ties on and they mingle with the with the crowds. So they're not in a field. Oh, so fantastic! People are having selfies with them and and uh, and just kind of like they just you know they're very. We had to put a lot of work into them to get these llamas completely trained that they could just stand still and people various people are surrounding them and having selfies and drinks and what have you. Yeah. So um yeah but they form a really good feature and it just makes your business and I think what has been a real driving factor for this business is is and for any business really but in particular is, is you know you can't just have a business you've got to have a business that stands out you've got to be that kind of flamingo amongst a flock of pigeons you know you've mm. got to be different be unique and our kind of strap line now is really fun unique and magical weddings that's what we're about mm. and I think it is about getting your business and how can you differentiate how can you make your business so unique that stands out from uh, from everyone else and this is a massive driving force in this business as you know a mission a vision is to completely keep making this business so unique that it kind of you know you you can't compete with it because of its uniqueness Mm. oh gosh I just love I love everything about it it's brilliant it really (laughs) is and so you must have lots of media attention then because of it 
Well, yeah, we, I mean, we've had, we've been featured on sort of, you know, we're lucky to have Event City, um, sorry, not Event City, um, Media City um, in, in Salford, not too far. So obviously the llamas have been featured. We've been put on uh, Housewives of Cheshire, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Housewives of Cheshire, they've been on, well, you yeah. know, a few things and, you know, local news have been very supportive. But, you know, you have to keep working on that. You know, you have uh -huh. to, you know, keep driving, keep the social media, the whole thing. It's, you know, the marketing is relentless. It never stops. Uh -huh. And my role as a, as a business owner now is very much around kind of, you know, concentrating more on the marketing than anything else. Yeah. The team sales, the team. My role is to do things that will drive people to the venue. Yeah. And so that's really the reason for doing the book is to not be just a wedding venue, but to be the wedding venue with a story mm. and to tell the story of how the farm was transformed and how it's and how it changed. So so people will also appreciate, you know, things that we, we went through to get the business to this stage. Mm, absolutely. I was just about to ask you about the book. So um, is the book um, about to come out or is it? Um, it be ready, ready in September, but won't be launched until January. In in a, in a wedding business, um, forty percent of your bookings will be done in January New Year engagement period. Yeah. So it's best to capitalise on that. Hence the book coming out and being launched in January. But yeah. uh, you know, I will have the copy in my hand in September. But I'll but the but the actual being able to get hold of a copy for, by anybody will be more January. Mm. so what does the book um what is the book about is it about your journey it's yeah it's, it's sort of part entrepreneurial part autobiography part business book um and it's it's kind of about the journey and everything I've been on but also it's very practical it covers things like um how um you know how well things like what I did to put the processes in to enable me to take four weeks holiday and yeah. uh, and and all of those different things and how the team's been run, the, the culture that we put in place, the, you know, how I won the battle against business rates, all the rest of it. It's, it's quite, you know, it, it, it's really for, you know, people who were thinking of uh, diversifying their, their home or farm or whatever and, and want to change it, it would be good for them. Good for females who want to change their life. It'd be good for a business owner. Um, and I also wanted it, I wanted it to give to my son as a, as a you know, because when he was little, I did drag him around 196 venues and <laughs> hopefully he now will appreciate why, um, you know, I did that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and can you tell me what you truly love about your business, even though we can, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be able to tell that you really do love your business, but if you could pinpoint um, one thing that you really love about it. Oh, I love the fact that you never know what's going to happen. You let, no day is the same. And you know, from the variety of people you meet to, you know, weddings are amazing. And the fact that I feel so privileged that we're part of people's, the most special day of people's lives. And we make that happen and we make and create that, you know, people come to us with, I want to get married. And then, you know, so many months down the line, they've got this incredible wedding and every single wedding is different. And it's that variety and the freedom and the change that you have. That, mm. that comes from it. it must be very creative as well 
Uh, yeah, yeah, you do have creative, you know, it was to transform an active onto this, it was involved a lot of creativity, a lot of hours on eBay and Pinterest and mm. <laughs> you know, all the rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So do you um, like um, inspire people with ideas or do they come a lot? Do, do you find that people often come along with, you know, like a really clear idea with what they want? Yeah, well, we have a, an on. You know, so, so for me, I was very clear that um, I'd spent um, we, and using the name the well-being farm. We've changed that to mean that well-being being very much around um, in terms of weddings, being around not creating the least amount of stress in planning your wedding. As possible. Ah, yes. So yeah. very much we use the name of the well-being farm because obviously when I set this up the name of the well-being farm was very applicable for de-stressing and all of this thing and then the next thing I'm a wedding venue I'm like well how do I keep the name of the well-being farm but apply it to a wedding and events venue mm. so I completely change it around to make it that um it's having a, a, an event or a wedding but very much being but it's big, being we do everything we can to help you plan and deliver your wedding to the least amount of stress as mm. possible. So we have, for example, an on-site prop shed that you can walk in and just select all the different props you want to use to transform the barn. We have yeah. uh, we have a wedding separate wedding planning website for brides. We have a secret Facebook group for the brides, which we're on all the time doing things. I've just um, literally opening um, a new venue where I'm going to be holding th running things like yoga classes for stressed out brides and stuff like this you know, kind of everything to help them um, minimize stress and to just make the whole experience as fun as it can be I love that that's just so it's a very holistic approach isn't it yeah and and I I like the fact that I'm now in a position to be able to go back almost in a full circle to the holistic side because you know you start off with a vision of well-being and you want this to be this like retreat center that you want to do all these things but then practically is that going to bring in the money so you have to go and do things that will bring in the money and I'm so lucky that actually now the weddings has just been such a success and something that never appeared in a massive business plan which I spent you know the business plan was so big and didn't even mention the word wedding and here mm. I am kind of running the weddings and transformed it to a wedding venue. And that's the thing that has worked, which I never thought yeah. I'd do in the first place. I think that's part of it. But sometimes, yes, you can have a vision, you can have all this documented, but things just happen and which you never expected it to. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to go with the flow and just that's go with what you're being driven to do. I'm a big believer in the universe and visualisation, things like this. Mm. And I reckon I was just meant to do this. And do you ever consult with the llamas for what they think? <laughs> well, I'm telling you, they've got the biggest amount of land in four llamas. That you can, <laughs> acres and acres and acres of land which are for just four llamas. Aww. So I reckon they have a pretty good life. <laughs> they are the luckiest llamas. <laughs> As llama treatment go, you see some in zoos and farms and whatever. This is, they've got the luxury of llamas, I believe me, <laughs> they're so pivotal to this business they are very well looked after oh bless them oh <laughs> i want to see some pictures of them uh, i know i have to give you some yeah um so what have you what is the potentially let's have a think 
you talked about your challenges. So what would be the thing that you could say that would be the biggest thing or most significant thing that you've learned about yourself along the way as from being an entrepreneur? Uh, well, I've had this relentless drive and this go-getting, go thing. And last year, I, I, I said to myself, I'm going to turn this on the head. Instead of going, go-getting, go-getting, do this, do that, what would happen if I completely turned it around and instead of my mission being phoenix, you know, rise from the ashes, really kind of thing, I turn my vision of myself to be a tortoise. <laughs> and you're going to say, because what happened, and I read so much about go slow to grow and that whole, actually, slow and steady wins the race rather than kind of jumping around all over the place, grabbing everything. And, mm. and, and, and I, I very much write, this is my learning point, that after, when I've slowed down and when I've kind of become a little less frenetic, a little less, you know, delegated more and just calmed down, I, things have just got so much better. And it mm. really isn't about doing 18-hour days and killing yourself for a business. Mm. It's actually about being a lot more realistic, going at a slower pace, but you will get there. Um, yeah. And one of the things I learned about Bali was, you know, I had, um, you know, I had, there, was two, two, there was two halves to my holiday. There was almost like a Bali on a yoga retreat. And then there was Australia catching up with my brother. Yeah. Part. But when I was in Bali and, and, it, and I had a whole kind of two weeks of, um, you know, yoga, the, you know, healthy food. I didn't actually have any alcohol. When I was, oh, no, I, yeah, a bit of wine, but not as much as I normally have. <laughs> um, but the whole point was it was relaxing. It was slowing down. It was, um, you know, just doing, you know, as a retreat, as you do on a retreat. Um, I was... So um, I felt the most energized and the most healthiest and the most kind of things and ideas kept coming to me for my business. And mm. I can't, honestly, I've come back with Bali with like a whole load of new ideas. <laughs> when I went to the second part of the holiday, which was more around kind of like eating, you know, the whole carbs and the whole kind of eating, you know, going and drinking beer and wine and having a holiday like you normally have, my whole clarity and my whole, it just disappeared, mm. just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've now come back from this retreat and from this time away, with a real change for me, um, of a real change that actually you don't need to kill yourself with being a business owner. If you slow down, but also more importantly, if you start looking after yourself, and this has been the biggest thing, biggest, if you were going to ask me, what mistake have I made? It's not putting myself first. Mm. I have put everything before myself. And as a result, my health has deteriorated, my, I mean, it's suffered, uh, and I have got to now, uh, well, I am returning from this break. It is why I really needed this break, because it's been this kind of, on this treadmill of, of development and growth, mm. and I've kind of taken this big break. And my new focus now is on me and my health. And yeah. at the moment, I want to write the book, 
I want to get my sort of self done and sorted with the book and everything and concentrate on my health. Um, because, you know, you, you, you can't, you, you, there's only a certain amount of time that you can do this relentless treadmill without it starting to have an effect on your health and everything else. And you just realise at the end of the day how important it is. And so I think the big learning point for me is don't neglect your health while you're on the journey to developing your business. Mm, yeah and I think it's um it's one of those stupid things isn't it because when you're in a, a nine-to-five or you know whichever job you're in uh, before you become an entrepreneur you know that freedom that you wanted that sense of flexibility that you wanted that lack of stress all those things that you were not running away from but um well in some cases for some people yes they were running away from but that you wanted to get away from yeah um you know if you find that that's now then creeping into your business which you're in control of then you know, it's in your hands to do something about it, absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, but I think it's recognizing it and it's being able to put measures in place to counteract it, isn't it? It's been astute yeah. about it. It is, and I think, but it's, but it, but it, for me, it almost made. It, I, I, I had to take a break to be able to to almost prove to myself that actually the business could run without me, and yeah. and why I've come back so almost like enlightened because I've gone away for four weeks and not even touched an email and everything has just got better it's yeah. not got worse it's so no longer does the business yes I'm okay, okay I'm a figurehead of the business I you know but the point is um it, it, you, you don't have to slog yourself yeah well there are I mean I'm looking out and and I will admit and anyone who listens to this will would say well you're all right because you've done it and I did slog myself I'll tell you and I did do this but actually if I was going to do it again I probably wouldn't have done it as badly you know as as much as I, I I did I suppose it's because you didn't have all the answers, did you? And you had to work through each thing that you were going through and unravel it all because it's not like, you know, you start your own business and we know exactly what we're doing. You know, we have to learn. It's a massive learning curve, isn't it? Well, well, that was why I wanted to do the book. That was the absolute reason because there was never a, this is how you take your farm and diversify and change it to a wedding venue type of book. There Mm -hmm. weren't things around eight years ago which are so readily available now and and I have feel of like being on this journey of some things have been brilliant but I've had a horrendous things happen and I don't want anybody else to go through that and so all the things and all the pitfalls and everything that I went through I have tried to put into this book so nobody else needs to make those mm, I yeah that's wonderful so what is your key message to the world when it when it comes down to this bigger vision that you have for yourself and um for the other people that work for your business too what would you say is that big the big message that you have to share for your brand I would say try and be as unique as you can be you be different and be unique And what does it take to be that? Because, of course, you know, through our lives, we've got all this different experience and knowledge and skill sets and this, that and the other. Um, 
for somebody that's trying to find what their unique selling proposition is, well, how would you say to lean into that and to really find that? Because it might be that you have several things that make you slightly different, but is it strong Mm -hmm. enough? So how would you say to actually lean into that? I, I I think with me and how I did it is I've studied, um, you know, the reason for me going to so many different venues, the reason for me, I mean, you know, when we, for example, I would travel the length of the country to go and experience another venue if they were doing something better than me. And yeah. I would go there and I would learn from them and I'd come back and I'd implement something that was better than they were doing. Yeah. And I think it's constantly looking at the people who are or, or who are at the top of the of the field that you're in, yeah. and learn from them, learn how they do it, and then start doing it better than they're doing it. I love that. That's what my dad said to me. <laughs> that was yeah, it's, it's such great advice, though, isn't it? It really yeah, is. People really, yeah. I mean, they've done it. They've learned the hard way. Why? Why not use the what they've learned and then just you know try and improve upon it absolutely and so what is your big secret that you want to share to others that maybe are also going through a difficult time with their business maybe they've set their business up or maybe they haven't yet set it up but maybe they're not sure of all of the steps and they've got a few things coming left center and it's proving a little bit challenging how would you say to stick with your vision how, what kind of advice could you give to somebody that's going through that? Oh, gosh. It's quite um, a big one. <laughs> yeah. I think um, stick to your 90-day plans, map out where you think you've got to go to, and break it down into small little steps. Because uh. it's just overwhelming you know, if somebody said to me, you're going to transform this this farm into a wedding venue, it's like, wow, well, I can't possibly do that. But just do it little bit by little bit and it, you will get there. And you've got to keep going. It's flipping hard and I understand that And when people are there, but you will get there. Um, and as long as you keep, you know, breaking your big goal down to small chunks, 90-day plans, and just working through those, get those projects off, then do the next lot of 90 days, the next lot and next lot. You gradually build up and up and up and up, and that's how you build your business. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm a big believer in 90-day plans. Um, It's something that I do too. I I really think that not enough people are doing this. Um, Well, I didn't know about 90-day plans until four years after starting my business, and I wish somebody had told me about this at the beginning. Yeah, no, it's brilliant advice. I love it. Um, And so that kind of brings me to the conclusion where I'm going to ask you to um to tell the listeners your um any website or any offerings that you currently have that our listeners might be interested in um well I haven't got any offerings at the moment apart from the book (laughs) yeah Um, and uh the website you can either go to um the Wellbeing Farm, which is www.thewellbeing, W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G, farm.co.uk. Or else I also have my own website, which is celiagaze.com. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Uh, 
to tell my story and develop myself. So there will be things coming. My next plan is to obviously um, use my knowledge and everything I've learned to help others. So there are going to be things appearing, um, but it's not quite there yet. <laughs> but yeah. watch this space. Certainly by uh, certainly by the end of the year, if not sooner, there will be lots of things appearing. Wonderful. And the actual um, wellbeing farm itself is located, is it near Bolton, you say? Yes, near Bolton, north of Bolton. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just not, so not too far from Manchester, if those are, if it's easier for that geography. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if there's anybody out there that's um, looking at getting married or uh, oh, just got engaged, <laughs> head over to your website because it, and the, especially if you love llamas. Already had a yeah, basically. Um, no, I've really, really loved having you on this podcast. It's been so enlightening to hear your story. And I'm sure it's going to be really inspiring to other people who are listening who are um, in the first few years of their business, or maybe they're some way down the line, but they've reached a turning point too. And I think there's such a lot of advice um, that you've given that's going to be really helpful. Um, and as well, the book that's coming out in January. That sounds like it's going to be um, a very well-received book, I'm sure. And I'm sure that anybody that's going to be reading it in January is going to find lots of gems of wisdom from you too. So I really wish you the best of luck for the book and the best of luck for your vision, which I am sure because of the determined lady that you are, that you are <laughs> going to achieve oh thank you so much Sharon I've loved talking to you and I really really thank you so much again for inviting me onto your fantastic podcast you are absolutely welcome thank you very much and I will speak to you soon okay thank you bye-bye bye you've been listening to Word Bohemia podcast if you'd like to find out more about us you can go to www.sharonwoodcock.com and you can also join us in our free Facebook group, Word Bohemia with Sharon.